0: Using the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, we'll read all the way from Genesis to Revelation, discovering how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. It's day 136, and we're reading from Second Samuel chapter 18, 1 Chronicles chapter 23, and Psalm 37 is our prayer. Um, as always, the translation that I'm reading from is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition. I'm using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension. If you want to download your own Bible in a year reading plan, you can visit ascensionpresscom Bible in a year. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, all you have to do is just click on subscribe, and you will be. Be subscribed. As I said, it is day one hundred and thirty-six. We are reading from Second Samuel chapter eighteen, First Chronicles twenty-three, and we are praying Psalm thirty-seven. The second book of Samuel, chapter eighteen, the defeat and death of Absalom. Then David mustered the men who were with him and set over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. And David sent forth the army, one third under the command of Joab, one third under the command of Abishai the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother and one-third under the command of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the men, I myself will also go out with you. But the men said, You shall not go out. For if we flee, they will not care about us. If half of us die, they will not care about us. But you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better that you send us help from the city. The king said to them, Whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood at the side of the gate, while all the army marched out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king ordered Joab and Abishai and Ittai, deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders about Absalom. So the army went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. And the men of Israel were defeated there by the servants of David, and the slaughter there was great on that day, twenty thousand men. The battle spread over the face of all the country, and the forest devoured more people that day than the sword. And Absalom chanced to meet the servants of David. Absalom was riding upon his mule, and the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak, and his head caught fast in the oak, and he was left hanging between heaven and earth, while the mule that was under him went on. And a certain man saw it, and told Joab, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Joab said to the man who told him, What, you saw him? Why then did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have been glad to give you 10 pieces of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Even if I felt in my hand the weight of a thousand pieces of silver, I would not put forth my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, for my sake, protect the young man Absalom. On the other hand, if I had dealt treacherously against his life and there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would have stood aloof. Joab said, I will not waste time like this with you. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive in the oak. And 10 young men, Joab's armor bearers, surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Then Joab blew the trumpet and the troops came back from pursuing Israel for Joab restrained them. And they took Absalom and threw him into a great pit in the forest and raised over him a very great heap of stones. And all Israel fled everyone to his own home. Now Absalom, in his lifetime, had taken and set up for himself the pillar which is in the king's valley, for he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name, and it is called Absalom's monument to this day. David hears tidings. Then said Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, Let me run and carry tidings to the king that the Lord has delivered him from the power of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You are not to carry tidings today. You may carry tidings another day. But today you shall carry no tidings, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed before Joab and ran. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, Come what may, let me also run after the Cushite. And Joab said, Why will you run, my son, seeing that you will have no reward for the tidings? Come what may, he said, I will run. So he said to him, Run. Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof of the gate by the wall, and when he lifted up his eyes and looked, he saw a man running alone. And the watchman called out and told the king, and the king said, If he is alone, there are tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near, and the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called to the gate and said, See another man running alone. The king said, He also brings tidings. And the watchman said, I think the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He is a good man and comes with good tidings. Then Ahimaaz cried out to the king, All is well. And he bowed before the king with his face to the earth and said, Blessed be the Lord your God, who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is it well with the young man Absalom? Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent your servant I saw a great tumult, but I do not know what it was. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. And behold, the Cushite came. And the Cushite said, Good tidings for my lord the king, for the Lord has delivered you this day from the power of all who rose up against you. The king said to the Cushite, Is it well with the young man Absalom? And the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up against you for evil be like that young man. And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, "O my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I had died instead of you. O Absalom, my son, my son. The first book of Chronicles, chapter 23, Families of the Levites and their Duties. When David was old and full of days, he made Solomon his son king over Israel. David assembled all the leaders of Israel and the priests and the Levites. The Levites, 30 years old and upward, were numbered, and the total was 38,000 men. 24,000 of these, David said, shall have charge of the work in the house of the Lord. 6,000 shall be officers and judges, 4,000 gatekeepers, and 4,000 shall offer praises to the Lord with the instruments which I have made for praise. And David organized them in divisions corresponding to the sons of Levi, Gershom, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Gershom were Ladan and Shimei. The sons of Laden, Jehiel, the chief, and Zetham, and Joel, three. The sons of Shimei, Shalemoth, Haziel, and Haran, three. These were the heads of the fathers' houses of Ladan, And the sons of Shimei, Jehath, Zena, and Jeush, and Bariah, these four were the sons of Shimei. Jehath was the chief, and Zizah the second. But Jayush and Bariah had not many sons, therefore they became a father's house in one reckoning. The sons of Kohath, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel, four. The sons of Amram, Aaron, and Moses. Aaron was set apart to consecrate the most holy things, that he and his sons forever should burn incense before the Lord, and minister to him, and pronounce blessings in his name forever. But the sons of Moses, the man of God, were named among the tribe of Levi, the sons of Moses, Gershom and Eleazar, the sons of Gershom, Shibuel, the chief, the sons of Eleazar, Rehobiah, the chief, Eleazar had no other sons, but the sons of Rehobiah were very many, the sons of Izhar, Shalemith, the chief, the sons of Hebron, Jeriah the chief, Amariah, the second, Jehaziel, the third, Jechamiam, the fourth. The sons of Uziel, Micah the chief, and Ishaiah the second. The sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi. The sons of Mali, Eleazar and Kish. Eleazar died having no sons but only daughters. Their kinsmen, the sons of Kish, married them. The sons of Mushi, Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth, three. These were the sons of Levi by their fathers' houses, the heads of fathers' houses, as they were registered according to the number of the names of the individuals from twenty years old and upward, who were to do the work for the service of the house of the Lord. For David said, The Lord, the God of Israel, has given peace to his people, and he dwells in Jerusalem forever. And so the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle or any of the things for its service. For by the last words of David, these were the number of the Levites from twenty years old and upward." But their duty shall be to assist the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of the Lord, having the care of the courts and the chambers, the cleansing of all that is holy and any work for the service of the house of God. To assist also with the showbread, the flour for the cereal offering, the wafers of unleavened bread, the baked offering, the offering mixed with oil and all measures of quantity or size. And they shall stand every morning, thanking and praising the Lord and likewise at evening and wherever burnt offerings are offered to the Lord on Sabbaths, new moons, and feast days, according to the number required of them, continually before the Lord. Thus they shall keep charge of the tent of meeting and the sanctuary, and shall attend the sons of Aaron, their brethren, for the service of the house of the Lord. Psalm 37, Exhortation to Patience and Trust, A Psalm of David Do not fret because of the wicked. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So you will dwell in the land and be nourished in safety. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your vindication as the light and your right as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over him who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall possess the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look well at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall possess the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows, to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those who walk uprightly. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is a little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous." the lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will abide forever they are not to be put to shame in evil times in the days of famine they have abundance but the wicked perish the enemies of the lord are like the glory of the pastures they vanish like smoke they vanish away the wicked borrows and cannot pay back but the righteous is generous and gives for those blessed by the lord shall possess the land but those cursed by him shall be cut off The steps of a man are from the Lord, and he establishes him in whose way he delights. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord is the stay of his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever giving liberally and lending, and his children become a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so shall you abide forever. For the Lord loves justice, he will not forsake his saints. The righteous shall be preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall possess the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep to his way. And he will exalt you to possess the land. You will look on the destruction of the wicked. I have seen a wicked man overbearing and towering like a cedar of Lebanon. Again, I passed by and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and behold the upright. For there is posterity for the man of peace, but transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Father in heaven. We praise you and we we do. We take our refuge in you. We ask that you please number us, count us among those who are righteous, count us among those who trust in you and not in our own strength, but who seek to do your will in all things. Lord God, in any way that we have taken ourselves away from your will in great ways and in small ways, we return to you with our whole heart and ask that you please not only lift us up but help us to come back, not only make us strong, but help us to return to you. We place ourselves in your hands. We surrender to your lordship, to you being the God and Father forever. And we. Commit our hearts and our lives once again to you in the name of your son, Jesus, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so quick things. We're going to go in reverse this time. We're going to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 23 just to highlight. Here's David. And what's David doing? David is establishing. Here's what temple worship is going to look like. So remember that in the olden days, back in Deuteronomy, back in Leviticus, back in Exodus, they numbered all of the Levites 30 years of age and above and that was in Numbers chapter four, they did that because the Levites' service started at 30 years of age. But David is gonna change some rules here. David is not only changing, there's one place of worship, right? That's gonna be, we talked about that yesterday. It's gonna be in Jerusalem in this temple that his son Solomon is going to build, but he's also restructuring the tribe of Levi. Why? Because when you build a big temple, it's gonna be something different than a tent. And all people are gonna come to this, this temple on a regular basis. Therefore, they need... There's going to be a shift in workers and shift in the work that needs to get done. So, one thing you realize that the tribes of uh, Gershon and Kohath, the Merari, remember those families, sons of Levi, uh, remember that the priests, the ones offering the sacrifice, those are the family of Aaron. That's the Aaronic priesthood. But the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merarites, they are not priests. They are at involved with the service of the temple. So remember the Gershonites took care of the skins that covered the tabernacle itself, like the walls of the tent, etc., etc. et cetera. The Kohathites take, took care of the furniture of the tabernacle, including the ark, the table of showbread, the menorah, that thing, under the direction of Eleazar, who was the, he was a priest. That's what the Kohathites did. And the mirrorites, they were to take care of the structural aspects of the tabernacle, like the pillars and the boards and all those kinds of things. So the Gershonites, Kohathites, merarites they had their job when it came to a portable temple, when it came to moving the sacred objects. But they're going to build a not portable temple. They're going to build, it's no longer a tent. It's going to be a, a permanent structure. And so they have to have a shift in their roles. And so that's what we have beginning here in 1 Chronicles chapter 23. We also there's going to be more work. So David moves the age of service from 30 down to 20 because there's going to be a lot more work going on in this newly to be built temple. So just that's a kind of a little insight into what was happening there. If we return to 2 Samuel chapter 18, what do we have? We have the story of Absalom in battle, Absalom being defeated and Absalom being killed. Um oh gosh, a couple of things to note. Absalom is caught by his hair in an oak tree and he's hanging between heaven and earth. And what happens? Joab comes up, let's kill this guy. And even though he knows David, right? He, he he knows the heart of David who says very, very clearly to him and to the other two generals, he tells them, deal gently with Absalom. David wants the young man Absalom to live. And yet Joab in some ways is maybe more insightful in some ways of like what that means. The man who led the rebellion and brought us all into this place, 20,000 dead on this, in this one battle today, this is a big, big deal. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow, but it's a big deal that uh, there's 20,000 men dead from this battle because Absalom led this rebellion. And so Joab takes matters into his own hands and he kills Absalom and has the other men around him kill Absalom. Okay. That's, Big piece, but the biggest piece is what happens at the end of Second Samuel chapter eighteen. David gets word; he's waiting at the at the city. Remember, the men say you have to stay here in the city; you can't go out into battle because they're just trying to kill you. So, you're worth more than you're worth ten thousand of us. So he stays in the city, and the Cushite brings word: May all the king's enemies be as that young man. Now, this is a key moment. So you probably know, you might know, Eric Whitaker. Eric Whitaker is a musician and he has a piece called When David Heard. It's maybe a 13 minute song maybe it's longer than that. It's often done by choirs in high school and college and all over the world, all over the place. I remember when I first heard the song When David Heard it just, it just is killed me because it says those words. It says when David heard that young Absalom was dead, he went above the gate and cried out. And then the rest of the song basically is my son, my son, Absalom Absalom, my son, my son uh, would that I have died instead of you, my son, my son and it's just so, so moving and so uh just pierces the heart in so many ways so if you have a chance to listen to that song by eric whitaker when david heard it's remarkable because it really gets to the heart when i remember when i heard it the first time i remember thinking not only this story of david obviously but also of god the father and and the god the father who gave his only you know john chapter 3 verse 16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that all those who would follow him would not die, but have eternal life. All that believed in him would not die, but have eternal life. And here's the father who cries out, you know, in just agony that his son, our Lord God was given for, for us, sinful human beings. it's um, so making that connection between not only Abraham and Isaac, maybe that story way back in Genesis, but also this story, in some ways, it's not really a real parallel, but it is a parallel between father and son and the grief of a father over the death of his son, mourning his son. But here's something that's notable, and it's the last thing here. All the while, up to this moment, up to the moment where Absalom is dead, remember what David has been. David has not been a good dad. Absalom had to take vengeance on his half-brother Amnon for Amnon violating his sister Tamar, and David did nothing. Then Absalom gets gets banished, and David does nothing. Then Absalom comes back home, and David does nothing by way of reconciliation. All this time, David does nothing. And even up to this point, when David refers to Absalom, he simply refers to him as the young man. Make sure the young man Absalom is kept safe. Deal gently with the young man Absalom. And even when he asks the messengers, he asks them, Is the young man Absalom safe? What about the young man Absalom? And it isn't until Absalom is dead that David claims him as his son. And I think it's that's worth praying about. That here is David, who's not being a good dad. He's not being a present father. He's not being a father who even claims his son. He calls him the young man. And it isn't until he has lost his son that he claims his son as his son. It's not, it's his, his words change, his voices, the, the words he uses to even speak about Absalom change from the young man to my son. And there's something in there that I just invite you to pray with as well. And what is it? What is it to be claimed? What is it to be claimed as a son or daughter of the father? What is it to be claimed as the son or daughter of your actual parents, your biological parents? And what is it to not be claimed? What is it to be just that, that creature of God versus that son or daughter of God? What is it to be just that you know, person in the family as opposed to your father looking at you and saying, you are my daughter my beloved daughter, your dad look at you and say, you're my beloved son. We know that Jesus, he is claimed again and again by the father in the gospels. At the baptism, at the transfiguration, we just recognize that God the father claims Jesus, his son, and God the father claims you as his son, as his daughter. It doesn't take this tragedy to happen for him to claim you because he claims you from the moment of your baptism to be his, when you were when you were made into his son or made into his daughter, he claims you from that moment on. Now he claimed you before that because he wanted you to be his son, wanted you to be his daughter, but it's by baptism that we become those children of God. And so just give God praise. Um, know that he knows your name. Know that he calls you by your name. Know that he calls you his beloved son. He calls you his beloved daughter. So let's pray for each other. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.